Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Have you ever been with a group of friends and their children all playing together and someone pushes someone down or they say something inappropriate or they lie about something and you notice it, you can see it or you can hear whatever was said and you think to yourself, "Uh, my child wouldn't do that. And you're pretty certain that that wouldn't happen. Well, I think all of us think that about our children, or we should, actually. (laughs) We don't want to think that our children are going to be perfect. But, you know, most of us think, well, we have spent a good deal of time raising our kids, teaching them right from wrong. We've taught them manners and, and etiquette. And we've taught them character qualities of being honest and kind But every so often, you see somebody else's child misbehaving, and you think, hey, I've done a pretty good job because my kid doesn't do that. Well, that's until the day you find out (laughs) your kids can do that. And it made me think about a time when (laughs) my kids had a group of kids over and they're playing uh, kickball in the backyard. And I watched one of the kids literally shove one of the other kids down so they could get to, you know, get them out. So they shoved him down so that they could wait for the ball to get to him and then kind of get him out. And I stood there thinking to myself, what is going to happen here? Is, are all the children going to call him out? Oh, what will that child's response be? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I got, I was so competitive. I didn't want to lose whatever story or thought that first comes to their mind that then comes out their mouth. And I, I watched this story unfold, and then I watched the child who didn't want to be called out in front of everybody deny it. Oh, no, no, I, we ran into each other. Uh, he tripped over my leg as I was running for the ball. I heard all sorts of stories, and then I watched the kids all trying to say, no, we watched it. We saw it. Well, it is true. Children can do, you know, the darndest things. And you know that phrase goes, out of the mouth of babes. Just like you, I was pretty certain my kids would never really act up or act out. They might get frustrated from time to time, but surely they wouldn't pick up something and just toss it in the face of somebody else because they were frustrated. I was pretty convinced that I had parented well and that my kids wouldn't do that. But over the years, I've realized, yes, they do. And for all you moms out there that are listening, if your children are young or if they're very compliant, or maybe if you have children that are a little more difficult to raise, they're natural born leaders. I've said this in previous segments about the strong-minded child. A lot of times they're called the strong-willed. I just, I don't really like that phrase. And I've, I've said that many times. I like the strong-minded because those are natural leaders. But if you didn't get to listen to that podcast, I really encourage you to listen to that podcast. 
But that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. And I'm so glad that you've joined me. Thank you for all the questions that you've been sending my way. Thanks for following me over, over on my social media channel or at Instagram at Connie Albers. On Facebook, you can find me at my page, ConnieAlbers.author. On Pinterest, you can find me at Connie L. Albers, as well as Twitter, Connie L. Albers. I'm also now on Parlor and MeWe. Like we all need more social platforms to spend our time on, but I am learning those platforms and I am seeing like so many others, our reach and our message and our voice get squelched, but not on this podcast. This is something that is mine and it's not something at, at the whims of others, or at least right now, it could change. Who knows? It could change. Everything's possible, right? But this is one of the topics that I have had asked of me before when a parent finds out their kid was looking at something they shouldn't have been looking at, or they found out their child was lying to them about maybe some money they had stolen out of their mom's purse, or when they intentionally hurt or harmed one of their siblings because they got mad at them because they wouldn't share, or they got frustrated just because they were having a bad day and they took it out on their little brother or sister. And Many moms and dads have a very difficult time thinking and coming to grips that, yeah, my child could and would do that. But what do we do about it? You know, what do we do when our child steals a candy bar from the grocery store? Or what do we do when a child lies straight to our face? No, mom, I promise. I swear I, that's the one I'm like, oh, Lord, please don't do that, because not only are you going to be in trouble with me, but you're going to be in trouble with the Lord as well. I promise, Mom, I didn't lie. I'm telling you the truth. They're lying. What do we do when our children say mean, hurtful things to you? What do we do when our really good kids, because our kids are good kids, when they do bad things to others? What do we do about that? You know, our kids can't embarrass us. And they can, sometimes they'll do it just because. <laughs> just because uh, they're in the mood. And that usually happens in the middle or high school years when they get irritated or aggravated and they just want to see if they know how to push your buttons. And first thing is, don't assume your child's not going to make a mistake. Don't assume your child isn't going to do that because you have parented well. You've taught them character matters. You've taught them your family values. You've taught them God's word. <laughs> don't assume they won't. And don't assume they're going to be strong enough when they get around other influences that they're going to be able to withstand the temptation that others place on them, like truth or dare, or I dare you, that they're going to have the ability to say, no, that's not right. I'm not going to do that. Some kids, will do that. But some aren't. Some are going to succumb to the temptation or the challenge. Some are going to be overtaken by their own immature thought process or inability to have self-control. But don't overreact. So the first thing is don't assume they're not capable of doing those things. Bad things, wrong things, immoral things, hurtful things. Don't overreact when you find out. Don't overreact with, you're grounded for a year. Don't overreact 
with your mouth by saying things that you yourself are not going to be able to take back. Not with a hundred I'm sorry's. Don't overreact with your body language. Here's what I mean. Maybe you haven't done it. I, I, I do see this quite a bit. You know, I love to go out to Disney. And a lot of times I'll go out and sit and just people watch. I'll watch the woman who's berating her husband because he didn't push the stroller just right. And she's yelling at him in front of everybody. I'll watch the parent with a teen start saying things loud enough for at least 15 people, you know, 15 feet around them. Anybody that close can hear them. Why do you always do that? Why did you think before you steer the stroller? Stop complaining before I give you something to complain about. I'm sure you don't say those things, but maybe you do. Don't overreact with your body language. Don't throw up your hands in the air. Drop your head and just shake it from side to side, just so that you can make sure that they get the visual cue that you are sorely disappointed in them. See, we're raising children, and that takes time. And some of your children, they're going to be less inclined to not do that. But some of your children will. Sometimes it'll be in seasons where they're going to try to lie just to see what happens if they do. They might be pressured into doing something wrong by a friend. Don't blame it all on the friends. This is important. There has to be consequences. But the consequences, they've got to fit the offense. And this is where your family and your family values and God's word matter. Like for our home, and I'm sure probably for yours too, a lying is not okay. It's not just our family value that honesty is important. It's that God's word says lying is not okay. God tells us to be truth tellers, to be lovers of the truth, to be honest. There's many scriptures that refer to a lying tongue doeth God hate. I know that's King James Version because I use the word doeth, but you know, I actually like memorizing King James Version. There's some other versions I like as well. There's some I absolutely don't like because they're taken out of context, but God hates a lying tongue and it will break your heart as it did mine when I would find out my children would lie about something. It could be, it could be over the silliest of things. I think I wrote a story in Parenting Beyond the Rules about oh, one of my kids, I asked them to do something and I came back in the room and I asked them why they hadn't done it. And they said they did do it. And I'm looking at the same room they're in and I'm like, I'd tell me exactly what you did because maybe I missed it. Sometimes our children do things because they're absent-minded, unintentional. And that is why we don't overreact. We don't assume our children would never do anything wrong or do that. And we don't overreact because we've got to gather the facts. It's almost like an investigator. <laughs> there's, there's reasons why we want to investigate. Because there's lots of reasons why our children might act up or act out. And there always has to be consequences. If they've hurt a sibling, 
if they've lied to you, if they've stolen something, if they've hurt or harmed themselves, if, um, I know this is, this is lying, but, you know, if they said they did something that they didn't do, that's deception. There's got to be consequences. You got to make those consequences fit the offense. And they've got to be appropriate consequences. Because if they're not appropriate, you just stir up resentment. You never really get to the root of why it is your child is doing what they're doing. Some children, I did a segment, a podcast. I'd have to look at that. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes on strengths-based teaching. If you have a child who is highly competitive, I mean, they're just, they're highly competitive. They're the ones that, they're your drivers. They want to win the race. They want to achieve their goals. They're achievers, they're competitors. They're ambitious. Sometimes those temperaments, those personality types, those are God-made as well. Those are God-given, hardwired strengths, gifts, and talents that the Lord's going to use in their life. They just have to learn to temper them because sometimes those particular children that are highly competitive or trying to achieve a goal or they're very ambitious to be number one, sometimes they can do things and they're oblivious to the fact that they just ran somebody over. Or they're not thinking about their character or how it's grieving the Lord when they fudge a score on a game and they write down a few extra points. Or if they're the scorekeeper and they deduct a few points from each person's score. I've, I've had a couple of my children over the years. Now, granted, it, I've had kids for a long, long time. And whenever we would have, we would host all the, the high school and kids and middle schoolers over the years to the house. I, I would just take notes on what these different kids would do. Those that were highly competitive maybe would add a few extra points here or there when they would be playing a game in the front yard or they'd be playing cornhole or whatever it is. I would notice the stories that they would be sharing would always be a little embellished. When this happens, though, we have to make the consequences fit. They have to be appropriate. Meaning the goal is to identify and help them get to the why. Why did they do it? And maybe it was just selfish sinfulness. And I know we don't like to talk about sinfulness, but our kids and us, you know, we're sinners. And we do do bad things. And we do say things. And why do we do it less than our children? Well, because... Uh, hopefully, it's because we've grown and matured in the Lord, and we understand that we will give an account of every word that comes out of our mouth and every deed that we do. Our kids don't always understand that. We want them to understand that, and you should work toward that. The appropriate consequences has a couple of factors. Their age, their maturity, and the intentionality. If in the middle of something, one child gets overly excited about something and just says something they shouldn't say or does something they shouldn't do. Maybe they snag a few extra cookies when they think no one's looking. Maybe they go into the cupboard. I have a friend who used to tell me her daughter used to go into the pantry and take the bag of marshmallows that mom bought to make Rice Krispie treats. She would take them out and hide them under her bed and, you know... (laughs) You know what? That's like we're looking for the food we know we bought to be able to make the recipe and couldn't find them and ask, hey, where's the bag of marshmallows? I don't know. I don't know. 
No, I bought the marshmallows. We're going to make Rice Krispie treats. And everybody in the house denied ever touching the marshmallows until one day the mom was cleaning out under the kids' beds. And guess what she found? Some half-eaten bags of marshmallows. You know, she discovered her daughter had been sneaking and then lying and denying it. And she finally got revealed. The motivation, the intentionality, kind of like the why. Why was the little girl stealing marshmallows? Well, when she asked her, she's like, because you wouldn't let me have any. Well, is that an okay reason to steal some marshmallows out of the pantry and then deny and lie about it? No. Mom, I just really wanted them. That's the motive. I wanted what I wanted, and I was willing to do whatever needed to be done to be able to satisfy the longing that I had to be able to consume some marshmallows. And if you weren't going to give them to me, I would figure out a way to get them. See, that's kind of the thinking of some of our children at different season and stages. And when we make the consequence fit the violation, so to speak, our kids are learning. They're learning that there are natural consequences. Sometimes if they disobey, they get hurt. I mean, they hurt themselves, which, you know, you want to sit there and say, I told you if you did that, you'd get hurt. Well, now you're hurt. It doesn't mean we let them trial and error on everything, but it means that we can't keep our kids from stumbling. We can't make them always do right. We can't allow ourselves to think that it's not possible for our children to do wrong things, to sin. But everything that we do has to be pointing them back to God's word and then find the verses that apply. If it's stealing or if it's lying, if it's selfishness or unkindness, if it's creating drama or chaos or strife, if they're manipulating, if they're being deceiving, God's word is full of scripture that address deceit, a deceitful heart. Our goal is to name what it is that is wrong or sinful, teach our children what God has to say about that, teach them how it grieves the Lord, remind them that they were fearfully and wonderfully created by a loving God who has a calling and a purpose for their life. Remind them that sin and temptation to sin, it's always going to be there. People as adults cheat on their taxes. God is our standard. People are lying and stealing and cheating, and they make excuses. We see that constantly right now. But as I told my kids when we went to D.C. and we were touring the Mint, I would say to them, do you know how they teach people to identify a counterfeit bill? And of course, my kids were young when we did this, uh, probably middle school. The older ones were in middle school. And they're like, no, how? And we had done a tour and they said, well, we teach them and we train them in handling real money real dollars. They're so used to handling the real, real dollar bills. 
that when a fake comes through their fingers, a counterfeit comes through their fingers, they can feel something different. When they see it, they can see something different. Their senses alert them that, hey, red flag here, warning, warning, something isn't right. And when you're teaching your children and you're thinking, oh, my child would not do that, they have to deal with what is true and right and honorable and pleasing to the Lord over and over and over and then over again. When sin enters the picture, lying, stealing, hurting someone, hurting themselves, being deceptive or divisive, warning signs go up within their heart. That, that place inside of them, that conscious, that conscious that, that you have been helping them understand, that just makes them feel like, whoa, this is way wrong. Some of your kids will actually come to you and say, hey, mom, I got to tell you the truth. I lied to you. I did take those cookies out of the cookie jar when you and daddy or you and your friend were on the back porch and it's just bothering me. Will you please forgive me? You will have some of those kids that'll be, you saw them. I mean, you have camera footage of them doing it because you've got a, you know, a camera in your house and they're still going to deny it. How do we respond? Go, let me take you back. The goal is for them to become so familiar with what pleases God and the truths found in Scripture that those are engrafted and grained into their heart so that they what? They might not sin against Him. That's the goal. They might not disobey or make mom and dad embarrassed or make us mad. It's that they might not sin against God. We want them to be sensitive and aware that sin is ever-present. The enemy is ever-present. And we don't look to others. So let me just recap that. Your kids can and will do those things that you just would never believe they might do, whether it's looking at something they shouldn't and all the other examples that I've given you, cheating on a game, all so that they could win, being a little greedy, maybe being a little unkind, being pot stirs. Never assume your child isn't capable of doing that. Also, don't assume your child is always guilty. Okay, that's, there's, there's two sides to that coin. Don't overreact. Not with your words, not with your body language, not shaking that head, throwing your hands up in the air, not berating them. And when they're trying to tell you what happened, don't assume you know the full details and you stop listening to what they have to say. Make the consequences fit the offense that they've done. They've got to be appropriate. Remind them that they're going to learn through this. And at the end, they're going to see what God sees. And not that they're a wretched sinner. I mean, we all are, to be honest with you. We're all kind of capable of doing some pretty bad things if we're not governed and under the control of the Holy Spirit. And some of you, your kids might not be right now. God may be working on them, 
That doesn't mean they can get away with it, because there are standards. Stealing isn't okay, not just in the Bible, but it's not okay in society. Lying is not okay. Not is it not only okay in God's word, but it's not okay with your family or in society. Hurting and harming people. See, so much of what we do is based off of what God's word says. It all comes back to teaching and training your children in the way they should go. So when they are old, they will not depart from it. Mom and dad, that doesn't mean that your children won't flip-flop around all over the place. It's a process. If you're struggling with one of your children right now and you got a lying issue going on, please don't think that your child is the worst child or that you're the worst parent. That's not always the case. And I'm not saying that's really ever the case. We can beat ourselves up. We can think that, oh, I'm just not doing a good job. But the truth is your child is in a process of growing up. They're learning about God. They're learning about what's right and wrong. They're learning about character qualities that matter and that will shape shape and change their life. That is that process that every morning you get up and you have to walk out what is before you. And every, every day, some of you are going to feel like it's Groundhog Day, and you're doing the exact same life lesson every single time. But constantly remind your children when they do mess up. Affirm them that they're still loved deeply by you, that they're loved deeply by the Lord. Remind them that everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has made some poor decisions over their life. Some people more than others. But that doesn't mean there's not hope and there's not the opportunity for growth and change. That from their experiences, they're going to learn something. They're going to learn about consequence. They're going to learn about the grief and the hurt that comes from doing wrong. And then they have to walk through that process of restoration. And that's the last part, is always work after there's been some form of, of situation, whether it's whatever the altercation has been, whatever the child has done, always move towards understanding who God is, what his word is, how it grieves God, but how God restores us to his own. God will restore us. God forgives, and you need to forgive. And if they've hurt or harmed somebody else, they need to go to that other person, whether it's you or a sibling or even a neighbor or a teacher. And they need to confess it as wrong, not just, oh, I'm sorry. Nope, I'm uh, mm -mm." They have to apologize for what they've done and state what it is they did and then ask for forgiveness because they need to hear the words, it's okay, I forgive you. There's healing with that. There's healing in the relationship. Just like Jesus says, go and sin no more. When we ask the Lord to forgive us, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all our sins, all our unrighteousness. And then he just says, go and sin no more. So that's what we have to do with our kids. They mess up. We work through it. We've dealt out the consequences. We've made restitution. And we say, hey, go and don't do it again. And, you know, unfortunately, they might do it again. (laughs) You're going to go through the same process. But, you know, this is an amazing journey of being able to shape, form, and fashion another human life. Sometimes I look back on it, and all I can see sometimes 
is how woefully short I came up in parenting my kids. The enemy can cause me to think about, because I talk so much about parenting and relationships and when there's strife or frustrations or disappointment, maybe even in my life, the enemy can get me focused on all the areas I didn't do it right. Oh, my kids would have turned out better if I would have done this. Or they would have walked closer with the Lord if I would have done that. They wouldn't have had all those struggles and problems if, if, if. That's just simply the enemy taking you down. We are learning. They are learning. Day in, day out, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we're all being refined and made into the image of Christ. And that's the beautiful thing. Don't be discouraged. Don't ever think your child, you know, won't do that because sure, as soon as day, they'll show you and you'll eat your words. That's never fun either. <laughs> I hope this was a helpful podcast as we walk through and, and remember our children, our children that we are parenting these little humans to become the person God's made them to be. And they don't start off perfect and they don't end up perfect. It's a process of sanctification. It's a process of growth and maturity and wisdom and trial and error sometimes where they, they do wrong and we have to get back on track. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't always blame yourself. Don't ever think your child isn't capable of doing those things. That's when you'll get in trouble. Because then you're not really helping your child identify the areas of weakness in their own life that the Lord needs to work on. And as we close, just remember this, pray. Consistently, fervently pray for your kids. The enemy wants to destroy them and take them out. The enemy wants to cause strife and division in your relationship. There were times, there were some kids with us they just had a knack of playing dad and I against each other. And it got to a point where we couldn't even bring that child's name up because one of us would get mad at the other one, my husband and I. And we realized, okay, that is not the Lord here. There's more going on. And you got to be fervently praying and committing it and asking the Lord to guard and protect. Put a hedge of thorns and a wall of protection around that relationship, around that child so that he can grow in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So you guys, go out, make it a great week, and remember the goal is growth, maturity, and sanctification, that your children come to the realization of who God is and what God wants them to do in his life, that our children will one day follow the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind. Have a great day, and thanks for joining me on Equipped to Be. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.